Welcome to Business and Investing with Grant and Charlie, where we are enhancing your complete set of skills to build wealth inside and outside your business. Hear those enunciations, Charlie? I thought that was great tonage, and then also just the way you spaced the words. It wasn't. It was. It was in the zone. One of your best intros. Have you ever thought about those people, like in front of the mirror, when they've just got out of the shower, just talking about things? That's me. Just trying to do this intro. Um, but I'm, I actually need your help, to be completely honest with you, because I'm a little bit stuck. I know what happened. Dude, so there's this podcast that I thoroughly love, thoroughly love. Like I sit there and I'm like consuming it and I just want to sign up to their newsletter. But for some reason, I, I, I'm struggling. I just can't do it. It happens, man. I've been there as well. So can you head over to businessandinvesting.com forward slash newsletter Put in my name and email, hit subscribe for me, just so that I get notified every single time they come out with a new episode, as well as a couple of little Easter eggs that they're going to send through. Do you know what's going to happen now? It's going to be like five people that go out there and put your actual email in <laughs> on the list. I'm going to see it come through. <laughs> well, if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I want to subscribe, you can go to that URL, businessandinvesting.com forward slash newsletter, put in your own name and email. And that is if you're stuck as well. Like, I'm here. I'm, I'm helpful. I can get everyone unstuck. Speaking about getting people unstuck... That's cute. You just climb it, Charlie. It's Charlie here from Business and Investing, and I need to let you know that Grant, myself, and the Business and Investing team are in no way, shape, or form qualified to give you personal or specific financial advice. We strongly encourage you seek out and use professionals when you are making investment decisions or comparing investment products. All right, Grant, we're doing another Q&A episode today. Some of my favorite episodes to make are the Q&A episodes. Now, would you, again- Would you only do Q&A episodes? If, if the questions keep coming in at this quality, we might have to. We might have to go back to two episodes a week just to cover some of the great questions we get because they've been excellent. We basically like, talk really about them excellent. anyway. We may as well just hit record when we're talking. <laughs> They're so good. I appreciate them. And as a gentle reminder, if anyone does want to send us a question, you can either reply to the emails we send out, or you can email me directly, or you can uh, leave a comment in the Facebook group or just message us on socials. Um, I think it's great that people send things in. I also love that people are willing to be a little bit vulnerable. If you do want to send in your situation and get some a topic covered on the show and be anonymous please reference that on the email because even in today's episode, we're going to be going through a situation and we will not be naming the person. So, of course, we'll keep your identity a secret. Are you going to keep gender a secret? Do you know, I actually struggle. You'll probably pick up if it's a guy or a girl (laughs) throughout the episode because I'll be or she it. They. (laughs) Yeah, gets me every time. (laughs) All right, what what are we talking about? Well, you may have picked up by the intro that we're going to be talking about someone who's stuck. Just like the sticker on your hand. Well, uh, I'm so glad you noticed it. So this is a Spider-Man sticker. I'll get it a little bit closer to the camera. Hopefully it will come up. Ah, dude, it's a web. It is. So Jack's very into Spider-Man and he's got a sticker book and he put a sticker on me last night and I dare not take it off because he will ask me soon. (laughs) When I'm finished this podcast, he'll he'll ask to see it. Where's the sticker? Yeah, and I better have it there. Dude, when I was over at your place for dinner last night, dude, he checked on my Spider-Man sticker like 10 times. It was like under my jumper. He's giving yeah. you a gift. Dude, you I take know. that seriously. <laughs> I love Jack. All right, we're talking about stuck. 
All right, I'm going to paint a scenario here uh, of this person and I'll frame this out of the get-go. This is a situation I found myself in a few times and I know you've found yourself in a few times here and if I could offer any silver lining to people out there going through something similar, it's our business journeys aren't that dissimilar at all. Like it's, there's very few situations you'll find yourself in that are truly unique that aren't tactical. For example, like, you know, using AI or the internet that hasn't existed forever. Like, you know, business owners 50 years ago struggled with the same things we struggle with today. And I'll bet there are times where 50 years ago, someone was stuck and they had to work out how to get through it. So that's what we're going to be talking about today is what to do when you're stuck in a poor quality opportunity. And we might even cover a little bit of the how to get out of it as well. So the situation is we've got someone here who is running a business and they've got some team in this business, but they're in a declining industry. So I'll use the example here where we're going to say they're uh, making yellow pages ads as the example. So we can all get the idea there's less businesses, you know, buying yellow pages ads. It would be very difficult in a declining market to do well. Now, to make matters worse, they've also got a team that is becoming less productive. So it's not only are they in an industry that's in a decline, is that their solution is becoming harder to deliver and getting clients a worse result. Okay, so all in all, this business is just headed in a direction and will continue to head in a direction that's unsustainable, right? And I always like to think about this. Just just imagine, right, you are in a situation where you want to lose weight, but then every week you're getting on the scales and you just like gained 100 grams. And you just decide never to do anything about it. You're just like, oh. Yeah, it's like soul destroying, right? So it's yeah. like, you know, you want to be in a better business opportunity. You want to be making more profits. Like you want to create a business that feeds your goals to becoming financially independent, having the things you want in life. But every month you get in those books and it's just like, I'm not going in the right direction. Totally. Soul destroying. And I think that is one of the difficult things that probably doesn't get to, uh, spoken about is that when we get stuck in business, the staying in that stuckness has like a decay and a grossness. Like I remember when I was stuck in a situation for like many months, just like you continue to feel worse and worse about it, like guilt and shame. And then one of your friends will have their business do a bit better and you feel shitty. It's like, well, they're fucking doing it. And then it's like. You're like the cow where the grass is always greener on the other side, trying to stick your head completely. through the fence and eat the grass <laughs> as if it's going to work. Yep. It's uh, you end up opportunity chasing and all kinds of things. But keep going here. Now, to make this situation a little bit more industri- interesting is – Because of this person's personal situation, so they've got a partner and a couple of kids and a mortgage, right, their need to make income from this business is required just to cover their living expenses. So to make a change is quite difficult because there's risk on the table from everywhere. It's like, you know, if they make a change and it doesn't work, like, could lose the house. What happens? Yeah. Yeah. So again, it's a very challenging circumstance. And when someone is in that, like they're trying to hold on to some sort of certainty that whatever they change is going to be okay, but the reality is all their time is getting chewed up trying to hold this existing business together. Like they're just in the thick of it every day. Not a fun scenario to be in. So this uh, listener has sent in that type of question and just gone, well, what do I do? How do I actually handle this? Like I'm I'm stuck. I don't feel like I've got any good choices or options. I I don't know what to do. Now, I thought this was a great question, by the way. Do you like the question? I was going to say, I was... Awesome question. And, and um, it opened up too many wounds of scenarios of times where I, I was stuck. More so than I think that I actually gave myself credit for. Like I'd always Ooh. looked at 
listen, I would think you're excellent at this. If you look at some of the changes you have made, like we're not talking small scale things, like you're someone who's truly been able to go from um, agency into SaaS, into media, like you've changed quite diversely. And I would, you know, to use a relative example, people would understand. It's like you were a marathon runner one day and then you go and screw it, I'm doing bodybuilding. And like it's a significant identity shift that was required to make those jumps. And they wouldn't have been easy at all. Totally. So on that notion, do you want to share one of your examples of when you did it? And I'd love to get into the what you do when you find yourself in these stuck positions so that you can transition and change into a better opportunity. <laughs> so as I was thinking through all the times that I was stuck, I was I actually found it fascinating that I, the stories I was telling myself was that I just wasn't stuck <laughs> back in those times. It was almost like I was trying to convince myself that, no, I was just – arrogant or I was just stayed in one opportunity too long, but I'm like, no, 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 no. I was completely stuck. So going back to the start of where it all started, Charlie. So I studied business at university and I was surrounded by a whole heap of startups and all the meetups and every event that I went to, startups. So I remember looking at this saying, I can build websites. I have a team that I know that can outsource websites too because I got them to build one of my websites previously. I can sell this. I can sell it for a good amount and I'll take the profit on it. So I started selling websites to my classmates, to the people that I met at the meetups who were all startups. And that was- By the way, I I love this, by the way. You've looked for the opportunity in your network where it's a great place to start. (laughs) And internet was a big thing. And so I'm like, well, every single business needs a website. I can offer websites. I've got a team that can deliver them. I can make the difference. Happy days. Where can this go wrong, Charlie? <clears throat> Only to the point that uh, as I was just coming out of university, I had uh, rent that I needed to pay because I wanted to live in towards the CBD of Melbourne. So I'm close to my friends, close to the meetups, do the, the whole startup thing. I also had my bills, et cetera. I think at the time I also had a loan on my car that I had to pay down as well. So I'm like, I need to continue doing this thing. So over a period of time, what happened was that I had this need to earn. And because websites were one-off projects, I always needed to sell, deliver, sell, deliver. Unfortunately, as the internet became more of a thing, there were so many more businesses that came out there and I needed to earn, I started getting a little bit desperate on trying to earn money uh, because I had all these bills, et cetera. So I started doing- All right, so let's pause this one here. So you're living in the city right? Yep. as a guy coming out of his time in university. Yep. You've got you've got some expenses and you're doing this website business, which again, it sounds like you didn't have much of a cash buffer at this time. Nope. Okay. And then it's like a project to play, right? I'm literally doing this website so that I can pay the bills and put food on the table. That's a fairly common story. I'm with it so far. But as things have evolved and changed, which is what happens in many things, just like in our example, Yellow Pages ads was a great business once upon a time. Completely. And so I <laughs> It's a project to plate. That's awesome. You can take that. <laughs> so as I was living project to plate, which is fantastic, um, I was <laughs> I was realizing that um, more people wanted to create startups, but they wanted to pay less money. And this is when the world started doing overseas delivery and all these things. And so the projects just weren't there for me. And so I started trying to offer other services in order for me to try and generate more money, which meant Charlie... I was just working more hours every single week to make the same amount of profit, right? 
because I needed to pay the bills, needed to pay the rent, needed to pay the car payments, et cetera. But that's got, what happens, right? When when that crunch begins, right? So you maybe you were making, I'll just use uh, easy numbers, maybe you were making 10 grand a month, but then competition comes and you couldn't charge as much for a website. So then now you're down eight. Completely. And then you're trying to combat that. So you start offering other services. Maybe you do content, maybe you do hosting, whatever it is, but you don't necessarily have the skills for that, which then means your projects blow out. So now you're spending more time making less money. It's a dangerous, dangerous thing as we go wider and wider, we serve the wrong clients. Well, it's also when mobile came out. So when you built a website, you had to add this additional layer of doing like mobile and desktop. <laughs> and that, like, that was like the brand new thing. And so it just wiped more Wait, did profits. you charge any more for them? No, man. I was, no one else wants to pay more when they're a startup. They want everything as cheap as humanly possible. So it added to this complexity to deliver. And it was just, it was, I just remember back, it was this horrific experience and I'm at a, yeah, margins got thinner. I had to do more work to try and sell people. And I'm just like, this is horrific. Like pit of despair, like almost like where am I going to get the next sale so I can pay rent? <laughs> okay, so you eventually get to this point where it's like you've realized you're not in a good opportunity anymore. Like this isn't going in the right direction. Okay, like everyone has that moment at some point who's had to make a transition where the thing that was a good idea at one point is now no longer a good idea. When you came to that realization that I'm not in a good opportunity, I need to change. How'd you approach it? Yeah, so I did what every logical person did. I worked harder, sold some more stuff to go and build a buffer. <laughs> I needed because I had minimal emergency funds. Like I couldn't, I couldn't do like a hard pivot to another business model and continue paying rent. Like literally, if I did a hard pivot, I'd probably had thirty days, sixty days left, and I could. I was just had no confidence that I'd be able to support it. And so the first thing that I actually did was go. Well, how do I support myself through a transition? All right, so let's pause right there. Do you think the mistake in business for a lot of people is they paint themselves into a corner or put themselves into a situation where they don't have appropriate buffers or options so that they've essentially created this stuckness? Yes, because, and so for me, dude, I took all the money and put it back into my marketing. Did I have the greatest business cards? Oh, man, I should have kept one for you. They were all the rage back then as well, weren't they? <laughs> it was so good. You have no idea. Dude, I had like the ones where they put the ink where you could like feel that it was like raised ink. It was like, and every time I gave it to someone, I'm like, just feel, feel the ink, feel that quality. It's the same thing I do with websites. Like, you want me to do websites? Anyway, <laughs> that was like the, the opinion. So I'd always reinvest this profit back into like just BS marketing, maybe. So the epitome of startup culture right here. <laughs> and then I'd like have a stack of like a thousand and I'd give away like 20. I'm like, why do I need so many? So, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, it got to this point where I was just punching all the cash back in. And then I'm like, no, okay, stop punching the money back in. Start putting that growth money that I always thought into a bank account where it's like you need that cash because you're going to have to do a pivot. You're going to have to change. This is going to get worse before it gets better. And so, yeah, literally for ages, I just started stockpiling like a squirrel as much money as I possibly could away just so that when I did a change, I had the money to back me to pay for the things that I needed. But to the... So the second layer that's upon reflection, not at the time, Charlie, like why the hell did I think that I needed to stay in my lease? Like during that time, I signed another lease <laughs> in the city. Like I could have totally just moved back with my parents or like slept on a couch. Like could have sold the car, Charlie. Like just, you know. Ooh, so I want to ask the question, why didn't you? Because <laughs> I was, I think I was like, I was in this illusion where I wanted the lifestyle and I didn't want to change that part of myself um, and I wanted that more than some kind of security in the business. 
Like that was almost like the thing that I'm going, I was going for. And it was only upon reflection that I'm like, there were so many other things. Like I literally could have decreased my bills to like almost nothing. And I had so many other choices to do it. Um, I just didn't. And so like that was one layer that upon reflection, I'm like, I totally could have done that. Like there was just nothing stopping me changing that. Um, and so anyway, I, I built up the stock buffer and then I said, okay, what's going to be a better opportunity? And I did the famous grant transition. Which- can, we, can we hold up right there? You just made an excellent point I don't think we should skip over. And I know where you're going to go next in this story and I think we're going to want to cover that as well. You've just highlighted something though that I think is so critical. What I found in working with a lot of people and also um, in myself, right, in these situations is there's a wrap-up in the idea that we can't go backwards. Right, so you've got this lease in, I don't know what suburb it is, but let's just say CBD, Melbourne. Yeah, right? it's just on the outskirts. Yeah. yeah. If you had to go live with your parents in this scenario, even though it might be a, a really good idea to do that because it brings your living costs down low and you can make a really big transition here in a much more uh, risk, lower risk uh, amount here, we don't do it. But right? Charlie, so it's like too hard to get the train into the city. Like Charlie, my friends are in the city. There. All my clients are in the city. I can't do that. It'd be an inconvenience. Yeah, but that's a choice. Yeah, right? know, this right? is the whole thing. So when people <laughs> say I'm stuck and I don't have a choice, I, I find it really interesting. And in the case of our um, Q&A question here that's come in, this person's got a mortgage. Like in their stuck, they could sell the house. Depending on when they bought it, right, it uh, is likely it has gone up in value if they bought it more than five years ago. Let's yep. just pretend that. right? They could sell it, take the cash out of it, make a beautiful transition, rent somewhere for a bit, get a new business that's in a great opportunity there, set it up with the right team and then buy a house later. What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong. I, like even upon the reflection, so I, I went and got a loan to buy the car that I bought and I, I can't remember what I bought it for. It was like 20 grand or something like that. And it was like a couple of years after I bought it, like I totally could have sold that car for like ten fifteen thousand dollars $15,000. Paid off the debt and still had like money left over and just got like a cheap $2,000 car. <laughs> it was just like there was no rationale in my decision-making at that point. Like it was just I had complete choices. I was just for some unknown reason. And I was still buying new things as well. I was buing clothes. I was doing, like, I bet you were still going out for dinner as well. Going out to like pubs and bars and stuff. And it was just like, no, like it was a, unless I'm not a man with <laughs> no choice. Like what choices are you making? So, yeah. See and, what I mean though? There's this whole thing where people paint themselves into a corner, right? they then have the illusion of no choice, right? They always have choice. There's always choice, right? But these things that it's like, well, I couldn't sell the house are the things that further keep them stuck, yeah. right? And in your case, you've elected rather than breaking your lease or selling your car, you've said, well, I'm going to work my face off, build up a buffer, and then when I've got enough of a buffer, I'm then going to transition into something else. But I want to sprinkle in here for a lot of people that are, going to that point. So in the case of our listener where they haven't got the next opportunity lined up, and I know you didn't have the next opportunity lined up here, there's an uncertainty that whatever they're going to do next is going to work, right? Which then creates like high risk. It's like, oh, well, if I go from uh, doing yellow pages ads and I start doing Facebook ads, like what if I fail at it? Yeah. Yeah. How can I be certain that's actually a better opportunity? And you know what? It was so funny because that's the first question that most people ask themselves as opposed to like, well, what can I do to make sure I don't fail? <laughs> like, which is so much, such a better question. 
Do you want to know what the one that drives me nuts? Do you honestly want to know the one that drives me nuts? And I've been very fortunate where I've been able to mentor some people and see this. And I've even been in this situation myself, right, where they go, look, I've got no time and no money, but I need certainty and other opportunities going to work. What is that? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> there isn't. I shouldn't laugh. I'm, I'm sure I've said those there. I'm sure I've put those. I, I've done it. <laughs> I, I kid you not. I've sat there looking at, well, maybe I could like day trade in between this. Oh, man. Just, like- but you've got to back yourself. You've got to create an environment where you can take risk. This is what it is to be a business owner. If you backed yourself into a corner where you're looking for certainty in that, I can tell you what it is. It's getting a job. Yeah. It, that's Yes. Becoming an employee is the only certain layer. I think I think the disillusion, and you got to remember, like, I was quite green. At, hey, here we go. I'm trying to justify my actions. Screw it. <laughs> it was like, it was one of my first businesses and I did not appreciate slash realize the fact that if your business is based on a first mover advantage, that first mover advantage is going to disappear. Yeah. And so, so the website industry is being decimated by compressed margins. I totally, totally get that. And so for me, I'm like, well, it's always going to be this way. And so then I'm like, oh, I'm just, there's just something else. There's a problem that I brought up. And like, it was almost like I was trying to find like the uncovered leaf that just I'd never turned over instead of just going, no, man, the whole trend, like you first mover advantage is now gone. Like I was just hoping that it wasn't. And so I just dug myself deeper until I changed. Well, I would call that a powerful learning moment that actually builds you on your journey. So uh, just to go a little deeper there, these are the experiences you want to have so that you can grow as a business owner. Completely. Are you good at business because you just read some books and you knew it and got it perfect? Or if you had many really powerful growth and learning moments that have like built the skills? Right? Yeah, like I'm, I'm the pinup boy of uh, learned by failure. <laughs> like the, to the Do point you see of- see how every business owner says that though? It's just like, I'm just like, oh. I don't know, you've still got your hair. <laughs> yeah, maybe, we'll see. Give me a few more years. Um, anyway, time. let's come back to this next part because you, you've built your buffer. And then you've had to find a new opportunity or work through that. Did you just go, oh, cool, perfect. Now to, here's the next thing. Like how did you create certainty in creating the jump into what you did next? Yeah, it was, it was, it was really interesting. Like I think one of the layers that I was fine with was I had to sacrifice other areas. Like my time was the biggest sacrifice that I did in order for me to build up the buffers. Right? Like I sat there weekends just to go, plow forwards on delivery and do as much sales as possibly could then the the famous grant transition which is very different to you charlie you're a hard pivot <laughs> i realized i got a problem go the other way where i'm a transition out type of guy oh can we just quickly articulate that before you talk Let's about it? it all right so uh it has been noted one of the differences between grant design is that when there's a, a moment like this where there's change required Grant is one of the types of people that would prefer to like transition away from websites into, I believe it was SEO you did next, was it? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So it's like you've gone from websites into your next opportunity was SEO and you really like to do it as a transitionary way. You like to like, cool, I'm going to, you know, week one, I'm going to put 10% of my time here. Week two, it's 20%. Week three, it's 30%. And then over 10 weeks, I've made the transition. Yep. Yeah. I bring the wrecking ball in. (laughs) We'll have this done in a day. Charlie B, Miley Cyrus, I'm like, whatever, like a Taylor Swift. Like that's, that's the best way I like. I'll support people through it. I, I can't do it, man. I'm like, I look at these things and like, I don't know how you are so okay with the opportunity cost. Like if I'm in this yellow pages business and I'm like looking at this direction and just how it makes me feel to be in an opportunity that's decaying. I'm looking at all the 
new relationships I could be forming or the new clients I could be. There's excitement over here to build something new. I am not hanging on to that toxicness. No, like, I am like, let's knock this shit down today and move on. But can't you see like that is the representation of who like a lot of what I was looking for was a certainty and the way that I tried to get certainty whilst moving to a better opportunity was holding on to something that was dying, right? And so it was because of my insecurity of me going, okay, well, I want to keep this lifestyle, Charlie. Like I, there's no way I want to get rid of this lease. I love my car and I'm like, I enjoy going and out with friends on the weekend and doing the things. Like, I want to keep that. And I want to transition to a better opportunity where you would much, much prefer. And you, this is a credit to yourself where you're like, well, screw it, just burn the boats. Let's just go and move back to the parents. Let's sell the car, get a cheaper car. Like, let's just cut everything down so that I don't have that stupid pressure where I'm like, give me the stupid pressure <laughs> and I'll slowly transition, which is so irrational. Because upon looking back, I'm like, like really how much better is my life because i slowly transitioned as opposed to doing a hard pivot like zero like i'm just no, i'm gonna tell you to say you're worse off yeah completely and it's only upon the reflection because this is just how i did it and so yeah but we have to go a little bit deeper than that i think we just have to i would say um business acumen wise we're similar very very similar, similar right and you are someone through your own experiences and psychological setup preferred transition Right, as much as it drives me up the wall when you want to slowly do something. <laughs> anyway, um, in my setup, right, again, we're not differently skilled. We might have different skills themselves, but it's not like one of us is massively uh, stronger in business acumen or business itself. Right? For me, however, for my psychological setup and the way that I go about it, I'm like today, now. Yeah. Right. So, again, there's, there's different fears. Like I fear staying in the shit opportunity and what that's going to do to me. Right, I look at that and go, I'm not going to be the best version of myself. I'm going to be bitter and twisted. I think of all the money I'm going to lose in staying in something for an extra 10 weeks. Like that makes me uncomfortable. Like I feel a pain in that. And you can't sleep. You can't do it. Yeah. Can't do it. And it's like, so I know for me that that's the way that I like to transition things when I'm there. I'm also more comfortable. And this is like, I don't know where this came from. It's like, if I'm going to, if I'm going to fail, I want it to be on my own accord. I kind of back myself. Yeah. yeah. Right. I realize that may not be the thing. And to your point, it's like, I'll move in with mum. I will sell things. I am completely fine with doing whatever it takes. Like, I don't have an issue with that. Where in uh, your case, the certainty on the example you used is like, I still want the apartment. Totally. I'm not willing to do that. So it creates a different restriction. I don't think one of these is right or wrong, by the way. And that's the exact point I'm making, right? Like, I can I can appreciate reflecting back that I was so irrational in my decision making. However, I can understand the logic that I had at the time. Right? Like, would I do the same now? Hell no, man! Throw me back, like in that scenario, man. I'm, I'm burning. Should I get it. the box of matches? Yeah, and time travel. <laughs> I'm, bur- I'm burning it, man. <laughs> Burn like, that down totally. And because I understood, um, so to your point, I did transition into SEO, um, and I did move away from just doing one-off projects, go to recurring revenue where I could sell something and it actually have compounding value. Um, I had a way to deliver and it was another trend that was coming through. So everyone ended up having websites and then they needed some way to market them. So it was another trend that I ended up jumping on. Okay. So SEO starts working a little bit. Was it once you got a few clients and were like, okay, look, I can see this works. I've got recurring revenue. I'm going to now more aggressively make this transition from there. Like you had the evidence you were going to be okay and this was going to work. 
Yeah, which wasn't that hard. It was. It seemed a lot harder when I was thinking about it, and then it happened. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be so much quicker. <laughs> so then I burnt the website business down to the ground, and then I was just like, great, this is just a, a ten times better opportunity. It's a fascinating topic. This one about change, it really is. I d- I don't know. I don't know why. And this is a question for you. When you're in the situation, and the, and the example that I always think about is like when when you're in a relationship. Like we're, we're sure we've both had relationships um, as we were growing up. That upon reflection, we're like, why did we stay in that so long? Like it was just not that good. But in the time, it seemed like the logical thing to do. Like, and everyone around us is like, this is illogical. Like, why are you doing this thing? It's obviously not turning out to be benefit. Like, why do people stay like that? Why do we try and tell stories to ourselves to hold ourselves into it even when we know, to use another example, we're gaining 100 grams every single week. And we know if we don't change now, it's going to be 10 kilos and then we've got an even harder hill to overcome in a year's time. It's a great question. I'm going to say in a lot of cases, self-worth, confidence comes into it. There's so many examples of this when you really look at it. If we both drove a car, we go for a drive and someone cuts us off, right? We can see that we would probably react to that differently, right? For some people out there, that's a trigger of road rage. Yep. For other, that it's like, oh, you know what? This person's probably having a bad day. They just brush it off and move on. Same situation, different reaction. Yep. Right? So I think we have to look at this in a way of going that everyone's reactions are unique and changeable. So in a circumstance here where someone has the perceivement of I'm stuck, right, if your self-worth is low, your confidence is low, and you don't back yourself, well, it's going to be much harder for you to make change. Totally. Right? So that person that is going through a more transitionary approach, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong, but I would argue that it's like if they were 100% confident that their next idea would work and was make them more money and it would all work out, why would they stay in the opportunity they hate? Mm. So there's some sort of gap for them, whether it's belief in themselves, their own ability, having the funding, being in the right location, like that comes into this that prevents it. Now, Interesting, yeah. Yeah, so I think this is a huge thing. And um, so you kind of layer this in where if, if you've got someone who's got a, let's just say, a low self-worth, right? they're not confident the next thing's going to work. I mean, the business they're in isn't working. So there's all these signs that they're not a great business owner. It's like you could easily think that if you were running a business today that was selling yellow pages ads is like well i'm not that good at business like i'm in here there's better i should have picked something else it would be very easy to believe you are not great at picking opportunities because you're in a shitty opportunity totally and that that was one of the traps that i got caught into and interestingly enough you mentioned previously like grant you're actually pretty good at changing all of these things i actually think it's because i've had to change that many times that I've always now had buffers so that I've never been forced into positions. Like I've always had the awareness of why am I taking this opportunity? Like whether it's a trend that's coming through, whether it's an arbitrage where I can get um, like a a lower labor price where I can sell it a little bit higher. Um, Like all of these things I'm more aware of due to an improved business acumen only because I've gone into some of these situations and had to change. I think money is a factor as well. I'll give you another example. It's very easy for me to say, like, burn it down and let's do something else because I'm financially independent. (laughs) I've got immense funds in a bank account. But for someone who's like literally, what was it? (sighs) Product to plate? Product to plate. Project to plate. Project Project to plate. plate. Damn it. (laughs) Uh, But the point being is when someone doesn't have uh, amounts of money sitting there to cushion the transitions, 
that becomes more difficult. So in both of these, I look at it and go, not confident in themselves to pick a better opportunity and, and got lower time. And it's easy for business owners to doubt themselves. I've doubted myself at times too. Lack of funds and emergency funds to transition it. And then that combination can just end up, I'm stuck. I am stuck. Yep. Right. So conversely, and like there's even more than this where it's like, I think experience counts. So you and I have made immense changes across it. So you were doing web design into SEO, into was SaaS SaaS next? Yep, SaaS was next. SaaS, then you did the um, fitted office business that you had. You had an e-commerce store in there at some point. And then now you're in uh, media and doing the podcast stuff. Like That's six changes. All completely different business models, et cetera. Yeah, so if I ask you to do it again, when you've got that plethora of experience, how is it easier for you now to make change or harder? Oh, totally. Dude, I can I can identify problems in businesses before I even get into them. <laughs> but that's where I would look at my own journey and say the same thing. It's like, do you know what? Every time I've dragged out a uh, change and been transitionary, I haven't been better off. Mm. I've been worse off. So for me, I look at it and go, uh, and I'll, I'll share a story here. Is like when I had the first agency, the PPC agency, I was making 20 grand a month, right? So I'm literally netting 20 grand a month at a, in my mid-20s. I've never made so much money in my life, but I know I'm in the wrong opportunity. I built this agency wrong, right? I was completely trapped firefighting the day-to-day. I'd built an adult daycare center. I had set this up wrong. That's on me. And that wasn't even in the bad niche or opportunity. It's just that I had built the business poorly. Do you know how hard it is to make a change when something's putting 20 grand a month in your bank I know, and you've right? never had money? <clears throat> yep. Because it's such a good – It's yeah, especially when it's a decent amount of money, it's such a good – benchmark yeah 20 then, grand used to mean something then yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, but it catches but, everybody out even further like imagine this right so i'd literally been and i hate to say this but it's like i had been siphoning money off bianca's corporate earnings so she was working in a corporate she was supporting the family and not only that is she was contributing to like putting fuel in my car so i could go to meetings in the city and things like that i felt like the worst partner in the world totally. right i was just like a leech on it because I actually, and still do, she is definitely smarter than me. I don't doubt that for a second. But I actually felt that Bianca was more capable and was probably going to earn more than me for the rest of my life. And I didn't sit well. I wanted to be the provider. Yeah. Right. So when it got to a point where I was finally providing, it felt so good. Don't change. Don't change. Yeah. But I knew it wasn't that yeah. I, I was stuck. Like this wasn't going to go well. So I built myself a prison in that. And I stayed in that way too long. Like in reality is that if I could go back in time, it is evident to me that I should have made changes. But in the moment when you're in that stuckness, you will first off the illusion of no choice, right? You have choices. Like I always had the choice I could have made a change. I didn't because of all these other factors. So now coming back to our listeners question, I think if they really look at it, they're not stuck. They're just choosing that maybe they want to hold onto the team, keep the mortgage, keep the car. Like they're not, in all reality, there's a lack of willingness to do what it'll take. And that's, I think that's the key, right? Um, I, I just think that people get like this level of safety, security, and standard of living. Oh, complacency. Totally. But they just don't want to go. And I know from like my personal example, like one thing that if I, and I haven't had to, I haven't had this challenge for a very long period of time, but if like, if I had to force these decisions on myself and what Hazel, my wife, I'm like, that's very confronting for me. 
right? And it's super oh, the easy. partner thing is huge. And, and that's the thing, right? So for me personally, like I can do it. Like hence why when I was in my 20s doing a web design agency, I look back at it, I'm like, you're such an idiot. Like you could have just changed. But now I sit there and I go, okay, well, I'm not just considering myself anymore. I've got my partner or in your situation, you've got Jack, your son. And I'm like, well, what about them? How do I sacrifice myself to make sure that they're covered? Can, can I tell you? I could completely understand how someone would form the belief that I've got a partner and kid now, I can't take risk. That's exactly where I'm going. Yep. Yeah, and I'm going to sit there and say that is the most dangerous thing I've ever heard. Because you have a partner and kid, you should take risk. What are you going to do? Are you going to be a father that's sitting in front of your son, you're looking at him in the eyes and go, hey, Jack, I did nothing with my life. I chose to play it safe. This is the example I want to set for you. All the things you want in your future that I can now no longer provide for you because I'm too scared to make change, like this is who I am. I am terrified of being that to my son. I'm fucking terrified where it's like I am like, so what, Jack's then going to grow up, witness dad, being risk adverse, never doing anything, never achieving his dreams, right, Not, never showing his ambition to his son, and then he never does it. Yeah. I'm like, fuck that. And then <laughs> – but, and then what type of partner am I when it's like, you know, oh, I'm, keeping you, I'm keeping you safe, babe? Good roof over your head. I just look at it and go, that's not – so, again, it's like it's an illusion. It's a story. It's very easy to say, oh, you know, I can't do it because of my family, where it's like that's the exact reason you should do it. You've got a family. Don't you want to provide for them well? Give them the opportunities and enjoyments that come from this life? It must be. It has to be masking some kind of other insecurity where they just don't feel like they can actually be successful if they did change the opportunity, which means that the certainty of having that opportunity is better than being found out that they can't actually do the thing. All right. Can we talk about extrapolation for a second? Totally can. All right. We'll do whatever we want. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so let, let, let's just um, – have you ever been in this situation, Grant, where let's say you were in the web design agency and you were looking at the next opportunity and you were thinking about doing SEO and somehow you're convinced that if the next opportunity doesn't work that, like, the next thing is death? <laughs> you're like, well, if that yeah, doesn't work, then it's all over, my life's no, done. <laughs> dude, no, like, literally in the back of my mind it was, that's fine, I can just go back to consulting and just be a management consultant. Like, I knew. And, like, and let's you- pretend if that doesn't work, then what? I don't always get employed, but like I'd never, yeah, yeah but, but can, death. That's like, my point. There's always another opportunity. So in the case of when we're making change here, we build up this pressure that we have to have this perfect decision, right? Whatever change I make here, better work. Or it's work. like, it's death. And yep. it's like, no, it's like, okay, so let's pretend we're in our Yellow Pages business now and we go, I'm going to try, uh, we're going to go to Facebook ads. The research and trends tell me I'm going to do Facebook ads. Why not? Sure. You do it and then you're six months into it and you realize this isn't a good opportunity. What are you going to do? Change. You just pick something else. <laughs> but Charlie, I've told all my family and my friends that I now do Facebook ads. People identify me as the Facebook ads guy. I've got leads for the Facebook ad stuff. I've got team that can deliver the Facebook ad stuff. What do you mean? It's not that easy. I completely get that, which is where we come back to the whole narrative of what we're looking at here is like, Whether you like it or not, change is going to be forced upon you. Industry changes, your age will change, your team will change. Like it all changes. Like change is the game. So so when we look at this is like being a person that's stuck in fixed ideas and that your business needs to exist as it is today for the rest of time and not being prepared for change is a shit idea. I think it's actually the idea that will lead you to the most pain and suffering. Like if business – 
man, the, the one thing about business is it always changes. And it's okay. usually for the worse. Like if you want to try and start a business and stay that business for 50 years, yeah, you're setting yourself up for failure. Completely. And this is why business is risky. Business is hard. Can you imagine just quickly like you're a fossil fuel company and you've spent like billions on pipelines and mining and infrastructure and all these things and then the world just goes, do you know what, we want to go green. Yep. It's like how much sunk cost is into that? And it's like, oh, that'd be tough to deal with. That'd be really tough. And like you can zoom out and go like our change is minor in compared to that in many, many ways. Totally. And that I think that's the layer is the people – like everyone gets complacent, everyone gets comfortable. No one wants to change, especially when they've got the family going. And it's like, I just, why can't I just freeze time, Charlie? And keep keep it going the way it was going. Profits the way it used to be, the leads that we used to get. But it's like, no, it changes. Like things dry up. You have to change with it. You have to be ready for it. So uh, uh, maybe we should or do a summary here or do a bit of a summary for people so that this can be more practical and then we'll wrap this one up. I think number one, when we look at things, we have to realize that there's always choice. Always. You are actually never stuck, ever. Like you always have the option to shut your business down and do something else. You always have the option to pick another service. Like you always have choice. Always. There's never a scenario where you don't have choice. Every time you go, but that's something you're adding in. It's a story you're telling yourself. Yeah. Yeah, And it's it's like the easy way to do this is to go, if we swap positions and I did it emotionally, or emotionless in this case, what would I do? Yep. So it's like you can realize that you're probably wrapped up in things in your personal circumstances or identity or ego or whatever it is. The second thing is is that um, I think what's really critical here is being set up to make change perpetually. So whether that's through emergency funds, whether that's through not overextending yourself financially, whether that's doing personal development work so you can confront change in a more practical way instead of being... Uh, feel for all of it, whether it's um, having mentors and people in your life so that when you have to go through change, they can guide you and help point out things to make transitions. I think really powerful one as well. Um, I think that's a really critical layer to it as well. Then the third one is going, well, what type of changer are you? Are you grand, slow, transition, Muriel? The rock speeds road. Yep. Ouch. Or are you, Charlie, let's get this done in an afternoon, Bella. <laughs> Charlie, burn the bridges. I swear you've got a pack of matches right next to you. Well, I, just on that, I did actually buy some matches yesterday because <laughs> I got a new grill and I was like, burn it down. I just sit out there on my grill every night going, what am I going to burn? What are we doing next? <laughs> and it, Yeah, I like it. And then the last point I'll come into here is the idea of perpetual change. Just because you make one change, I think it's a bad framework to set yourself up in is that you won't have to change again. Yep. It's going to happen. I know the businesses we're in now aren't going to exist, what, 10 years from now, 20 years from now? Like at some point it's going to change. Totally. So I think being mentally prepared for that and set up for it is such a critical part of this. I do agree that it gets better as you go on. The more changes you make, the easier it becomes because you realize how easy it is to back yourself. And most business owners know exactly how to learn a new industry, how to change, how to – like the fundamentals are very similar. Like it's it's – This is what blows my mind. In a lot of these cases when I see this, I'm like, do you realize how talented you had to be to get to here? Yeah. (laughs) 
Like, yes, like you could just take that. How many times? Like, back yourself. You just have to apply what you've already done somewhere else and you'll be fine. Yeah. You're a nine out of 10 talent sitting in a two out of 10 opportunity. All you need to do is move to a better opportunity and you'll be fine. But the, to your point, the illusion of choice is the thing that catches everybody. All right. Um, so do. Overcapitalization. All right. I am going to give a rapid fire answer to the question we've been sent in here because I think it's a really powerful one. All right. So what I would do if I was in this person's circumstance and Grant, I'm going to get you to do the same thing. Ooh. All right. So number one is I would build an emergency fund. And the way I would do that is by either shrinking the company or shrinking our expenses, just going for profitability and the ability to put cash at bank. Number two is I would have really good conversations with the family at home and prepare them for change. Uh, you don't want to catch your family off or not have them be on board for it. You want to create a really supportive environment to do it. Number three is I would understand that. So do that and execute on that first, right? Start building that fund and psychological component up. And then number three, look for the new opportunity and then find someone, a mentor in the space that's got that opportunity covered, pay them to guide you through it. Because then you've got certainty of how to get through to the next opportunity. You've also found a way to reduce expenses and build cash and potentially even remove some need. And I'm not even kidding when I say this. If you have to sell your house to make this transition, you should do it. Because the upside from creating a great business and having that thing that can fuel what you do later on is far more advantageous than the potential gains you've got from a home. Yeah, That's my answer there. The one layer, I agree with everything. The one layer I'd put on top of it is as you get the team to continue to deliver the current projects you've got is like remove yourself as much as you can from the day to day to actually sink the time into the new opportunity, exploring, talking to people, et cetera. Like the key thing is don't, like I look back at my web design layer, like I sacrificed all my own time to go and make sure it was profitable to fill the emergency fund. It's like if you can get everyone else to do that so you can start looking at the next opportunity and talking to people, like that's almost a key layer. It's not more time in doing the thing to extract more profit. It won't get you there. Like you have to extract yourself out to do it. That'd be the only layer that I would uh, dive into it. Great episode, Charlie. All right. I can I can see the pain. <laughs> you see the pain. In the, uh, I'm actually impressed I didn't have to talk too much about my own ones. I was going to say, I'm like, I kept looking at the time. I'm like, can I pull him in? Can I pull him in? And it's like, nope, Grant, you're falling on swords today. I've got something for everybody though. After I've fallen on my own sword, I want everybody to uh, head over to businessandinvesting.com forward slash newsletter. Go and put in your name and email. Click subscribe and we'll notify you every single time we come out with one of these episodes. And just remember, it is the easiest way for you to outline your scenario and ask us a couple of questions so we can bring it on the episode. Just want to say thank you very much for joining us and we'll catch you on the next episode of Business and Investing.